Hello, and welcome back to the Goodbye July podcast. Today, we are talking about making more money. And listen, I know we talk often about saving money and how watching your expenses are most important of all. And I stand by my opinion that that is truly what's within your control. And that is truly where you'll make the biggest strides overall throughout the course of your life, those daily spending decisions. But I do believe you should be seeking annual pay increases, not only because I'm sure you're worth it, but because it's important in order to keep up with inflation. So on next week's episode, we will dig into inflation and why you should care deeply about staying ahead of it. So stay tuned for that. But what I want to talk about here is if you pair the two strategies together, so if you keep your expenses low while you continue to get regular pay increases, you will have lots of money left over to throw into investments and create that passive income. So ultimately, you will be able to create more freedom in your life. The more passive income you have, if you have, if you keep those expenses low, the more passive income you have, it can create beautiful, beautiful freedom in your life. And that is ultimately what this is all about. Now, just a little housekeeping to kick things off. This episode, it does make some assumptions, okay? It assumes you are working for an employer who pays you a set amount on a regular basis. So if that's not you, maybe this episode isn't for you. But if that is you, stick with me because I have some really good information. I'm going to walk you through basically my get a raise calendar for the year that I started refining in some of the final years of my corporate career that ultimately earned me regular pay increases, the biggest of which was a 40% salary bump. Hey, my name is Jessica Tolar, and I'm obsessed with all things passive income, productivity, entrepreneurship, and building a life where you make the rules. I'm a normal girl who took a free money class, asked a corporate executive how she retired early, and used that knowledge to build a seven-figure net worth, quit my nine-to-five, and now run an online business from countries around the world. I teach you the simple but effective secrets to building a life you adore. Think I'm special? No way. If I did it, so can you. Money, mindset, life hacks, hardship, growth, and planning are all topics we discuss here. Think of this as a weekly coffee date with a close girlfriend where you talk about the finance and business knowledge it'll take to make your dreams a reality. So take a seat, get comfortable, and prepare to be challenged and cheered on while you learn. This is the Goodbye July Podcast. This year is all about self-care, reprioritizing ourselves and our well-being in our own lives and taking back control of our time in order to make space for the things that feel good to us. I hope your financial self-care makes your list, and that's why I'll be hosting a free one-hour wealth workshop. Join me as we walk through three secrets to building lasting wealth, plus the single most important step to cracking the financial code. I could say I'm too busy with other things, or I could make space for this in my schedule. And this year, I'll be doing both. I will prioritize myself as well as my other commitments. I hope you'll do the same by joining me for one hour of financial self-care. Learn more at jessicatoller.com slash free workshop. Okay, let's get back to today's episode. All right, so there are kind of three key pieces to the get a raise calendar that I used for several years in my corporate career. And the first piece of it is you just got to find out when your company's fiscal year is. (laughs) That might not be something you actually know. So essentially, you need to figure out is your company operating on a calendar year cycle, which would mean that 
as we're recording this episode, we've just finished Q1. We're at the beginning of April. So January, February, March, that's Q1. April, May, June would be Q2. July, August, September is Q3. October, November, December would be Q4. That is if your company is operating on a normal calendar year. But I've worked for many companies in the past who do not do that. So the last corporate company that I worked for, their fiscal year ended in July. So the quarters were super different. So first of all, you need to figure out what your company's fiscal year is. So if you don't know what that is, you need to go ask your boss. You can ask your boss or you can ask HR. You can ask a coworker. But whatever your fiscal year is, You need to figure out when the end of each quarter is, and you need to set a reminder on your phone or on your calendar, something that's going to alert you two weeks before the end of the quarter so that you can make sure you're reaching out to your boss and asking for your quarterly review. Okay. That is mainly what this episode is about, your quarterly reviews. So you got to figure out when your fiscal cycle is. You got to set those reminders to make sure you're getting those quarterly reviews. And then in parts two and three, we're going to talk through the quarterly reviews. So Let's move into piece number two. We're going to talk about what to do in your quarterly reviews for quarter one, quarter two, and quarter four. Okay. Quarter three is special. I'll explain why in a minute. So we're going to talk about quarter one, quarter two, and quarter four, because those three quarters, those are going to look the same. Okay. So what you're going to want to make sure you do before you actually go into those meetings that you set your reminders for, is you want to make sure you know exactly what your goals are. You want to know what your goals are and you want to be able to show preferably numerically how you've either hit those goals or move towards them. That is the goal of your quarter one, quarter two, and quarter four reviews. Now, if you're listening to this and you're like, I don't know what my goals are, you need to go ask your boss. You definitely need to know what your fiscal year is and you need to know exactly what you are supposed to be working on. So I like to think of your top three to five things for the quarter and you and your boss need to be on the same page. You know, I know this is easier said than done, but ideally your team's goals will roll up to like your boss's boss's team's goals and all the way up to the CEO. So like ideally you would know kind of at the top of the line, top company level from the CEO, what the goals for the company are. Then the CEO's leadership team, they will have their set of goals. And then the team below them, they will have their set of goals. But all of it in theory should roll up to the CEO level, the company level goals. And again, I know this is easier said than done, but just try to make sure that the three to five goals that you are working on relate back to that top level company goal. You need to basically make sure that what you were actually doing is contributing to the goal of the company. That's very, very important. So try to have that conversation with your boss. Just make sure you guys are on the same page. And, you know, by asking those questions, it's, it's a really good thing to ask in your next weekly meeting or monthly meeting or whatever with your manager they'll be really impressed. Like if you guys haven't talked about goals yet, they will be impressed that you're asking that. So just get really, really clear with what those goals are that you should be working on for the quarter. And then throughout the quarter, you need to keep track of those things. I like to put a sticky note on my computer with my three to five goals, basically like have it front and center all the time so that you are very focused on working on those things and very focused on keeping track of the progress that you are making towards those goals, right? So numbers are best. If you can quantify it in any way, quantify what you're doing to hit your goals, do that. Like seriously, people like data. You cannot argue with data. And again, make sure what you're tracking is rolling up to the company's goals. So say you're doing social media, say that's your job and say your goal is to convert customers. 
You don't really want to like keep track of impressions because that doesn't matter. Talk about actual engagements. How many people are clicking on the social media posts that you're putting out? How many people are moving down the sales funnel? How many people have actually bought your company's products as a result of your social media work? (laughs) So sorry for the marketing speak. That's my corporate background, but you get the point. So here's an example from my own resume. So this is something that I would walk into a quarterly review and and tell my manager, here's something that I was successful at this quarter. Okay, here's an example. I planned and coordinated our team's presence at an event in Barcelona, resulting in 95 demos given, 25 follow-up meetings, a 65% increase in unique web traffic, a 210% increase in website engagements, and a 62% increase in social engagements. Lots of numbers, right? You get the point. If you want to see more of the kinds of things that I tracked and presented in my own quarterly reviews, definitely go check out my LinkedIn page. I'll link to it in the show notes at jessicatoller.com forward slash 019. So go to my LinkedIn page, just scroll all the way down back to my old corporate jobs and you can get some ideas there. But the point I'm trying to make is you want to quantify, 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 like use numbers as much as possible in these reviews. So those are the kinds of things that you'll be bringing to your quarterly reviews during quarters one, two, and four. So the idea here is that by showing your successes regularly in your quarterly reviews, you're going to keep your boss informed of all of the success you're driving. You are already priming him or her to say yes when you ask for your raise, which, spoiler alert, that's going to happen in your Q3 review, and we'll talk about why. So when you ask for that raise, they're not going to be super surprised or blindsided by the fact that you're asking for a raise because you have shown them quarter after quarter how you are hitting your goals numerically and how you are contributing to the goals of the team and of the larger company. You've been showing them your successes all year, so they're already favorably primed to say yes when you ask for a raise. Of course, you cannot control them or their boss or the leadership team or whoever's making all the decisions about who's going to get a raise. But what I'm saying is you have to take control of what is within your control and making sure you have regularly scheduled quarterly reviews and making sure you bring your specific success metrics to those reviews are two things that are very much within your control. Okay, so that's Q1, Q2, and Q4. And before we talk about Q3, there's something else I want you to do after each of these reviews. So set another reminder if you must, but make sure that you write down all of those success metrics and numbers you calculated for your review on your resume and or your LinkedIn or other professional profiles. I would always do both. I would update my resume and I would update my LinkedIn. And to be honest, my LinkedIn is literally just a copy and paste of my resume, but I wanted both of those things to be updated at all times because this allowed me to be ready at any time for a potential new and better opportunity. If your LinkedIn is always currently updated with your latest and greatest success metrics, employers might be reaching out to you. That's actually what happened to me when I got my biggest salary raise of my career. Somebody reached out to me and then I negotiated up from the offer that they made me. So just make sure all of your stuff is updated. You're already going to be calculating this stuff anyway every single quarter to show your boss So make sure your LinkedIn is updated. Make sure your resume is updated. Like don't wait until you suddenly lose your job or you get into some other kind of position where you need to switch jobs quickly to update your resume and professional profiles. Like you are already going to be stressed out in those situations. It's way better if your professional stuff is just updated. 
take five minutes every quarter to just paste those numbers into your LinkedIn and your resume. All right, let's talk about Q3. This is the big one. Q3 is where you are going to ask for your raise. So your quarter three review, whatever your fiscal year looks like, quarter three review, that's when you're going to ask for your raise. And this may seem counterintuitive. You're probably wondering why you wouldn't ask for your raise at the end of the fiscal year in Q4. And there's a specific reason for this. So many companies do their annual budget planning about a quarter in advance because especially if the company is a big one, the budget will have to go through many rounds of approvals with many different teams and many different people, many revisions, all the stuff in order to be finalized. So companies often do their budgets at the very beginning of Q4 so that they have three months to really nail everything down. In other words, if you wait to ask for your raise until the end of Q4, you might have already missed the budget planning cycle, which is where your boss and your boss's boss and everybody else will come together to see who's getting raises this year, who's getting promotions, and how does that all fit into the overall company's budget. So ideally, your boss will have already thought of you when it comes to who is getting raised, but you do not want to leave that in their hands. You know, managers are busy people and they're human. So it's possible that they could forget to submit raises entirely for the whole team or that they'll just pick their favorites. So it's on you to make sure you are asking the question. Remember, the squeaky wheel gets the grease, right? So make some noise and advocate for yourself. Now, when you go to ask for your raise, I'm going to ask you again to rely on the data. I want you to have a full list of all of your accomplishments from the year, which you should already have because you've been showing your boss that in Q1 and Q2 and then the previous year's Q4 reviews. And I want you to know your target number. Like what amount of money are you going to ask for? You are much more likely to get a bigger pay increase if you know what you need up front. So even if your boss comes down a bit from whatever number you ask for, it is unlikely that where you end up will be lower than where they would have started. If you start with what you need, chances are you're going to ultimately get a bigger pay increase. So again, the idea is to control what you can control or influence as much as you can. And if you calculate your target number the way that I suggest you do it, it'll be hard to argue with. Now, I'm not going to go into the calculations on this episode, but I have documented exactly what you need to know to calculate your target number inside my free Make More Money Starter Kit, and I will put it in the show notes for you. In short, your target number is the intersection of four things. It's the intersection of what you're making now, what you need to live comfortably, your industry standard, and the specifics of the job you're doing. And if you happen to calculate your target number and you're actually already making that amount of money, then you need to look up what inflation is for that year and ask for a pay increase of at least that much. I would even go a few percentage points over in case your boss negotiates down. Now, armed with all that data that backs up exactly how you calculated your target number, the data on the current inflation rate, and the specific numbers-backed success metrics that you've been working on and showing your boss quarter after quarter, it will be very hard to deny you what you're asking for. Now, remember, it's not guaranteed, but using this process significantly increases the chances that you will be successful in getting a raise. If you do happen to be denied a raise or you are not seeing the numbers you want, you can always look elsewhere for a job and use an offer from another company to negotiate a higher rate at your current company, or you can always switch employers. 
You know, it's worth noting that according to a 2022 article by LinkedIn, new data shows that job switchers received an annual salary bump of 8.5%, which is the largest increase in two decades. Meanwhile, those who stayed put were netting an annual bump of 5.9%. So in other words, in July of 2022, people who switched employers were getting about an 8.5% increase. People who stayed at their current employers were getting about a 5.9% increase. So that's like two and a half percentage points. It can make a big difference. Personally, what I've seen is I've gotten much larger raises by switching employers, but it all kind of depends on you and what you need. So for me, I personally think it's smart to switch employers about every two years if your goal is to continue getting the biggest pay increases possible. But there's a huge caveat to this. I believe you should stay where you are if you really love your job, because that is worth way more than money. Now, before we close out, I would like to leave you with a few more resources on getting regular raises. So what we covered today is essentially a year in the life at a job, the dates you should be noting and planning for at your current employer. But there are a few other things that can help you in both your longer term plans for pay increases, as well as your day to day work life. So I've actually put together a mini series on the Goodbye July podcast that covers the gambit. So there are three episodes you'll want to check out. There are episodes five, six, and seven. So episode five covers the three key decisions you need to make before seeking a raise, which are number one, what is your target number? So we talked about that. Number two, will you stay in your current job or find a new one? And number three, it's kind of the flip side of your target number. Number three is what is your walkaway number? Or in other words, what is the absolute minimum you are willing to accept? It's important to know that. So episode five essentially walks you through exactly what you'll find inside my free download, the Make More Money Starter Kit. In episode six, we're going to look a bit more into your daily work life throughout the year, covering five habits to adopt to stand out at work. So pick up these habits and I guarantee your name will be on your boss's shortlist for raises and promotions. And then in episode number seven, I'll talk you through exactly how I got a raise four times the national average using an uncommon strategy of really leaning heavily on information from my benefits package. So spoiler alert, like I told you, I did switch employers to get this big salary bump, but I got a 40% raise when I did this. So in episode seven, if you were interested in using that tactic, like I said, it's a lot of numbers, it's data backed, but people cannot argue with data. So It's really, really worth a listen. And last, I'm excited to share that Fidelity, which is one of the U.S.'s largest brokerage firms, recently approached me to collaborate on an article called How to Ask for a Raise. So that article recently went live, and in it, you'll find additional insights from me and tips from four other millennials who also got a pay bump. As always, I'll link to these free resources for you in the show notes at jessicatoller.com forward slash 019. So just to recap on the Getaways calendar, I swear by, here are the five things you need to do. Number one, you need to make sure you know exactly what your three to five goals are for the quarter and confirm those with your boss ASAP. That's probably the most important thing you could do. Number two, second most important thing, is find out when your company's fiscal cycle is. So you can ask your boss in the same conversation where you guys are talking about your goals Or you can ask HR or maybe a coworker knows, but find out when your company's fiscal cycle is. 
Number three, set phone and or calendar alarms about two weeks before the end of each quarter to remind you to get your quarterly review scheduled with your boss. So if that's not like a formal process that your company does, which in my experience, it's not super common actually, which is surprising. You need to make sure that you are getting those reviews. It is on you. So make sure you reach out to your boss about two weeks before the quarter ends, get that review scheduled, make sure it's happening. Number four, in your Q1, Q2, and Q4 reviews, come with data-backed evidence of how you successfully hit or move towards your quarterly goals that you and your boss have both agreed upon. And remember, the more numbers, the better. People cannot argue with data. And number five, before your Q3 review, calculate your target number. Again, the calculation is inside my Make More Money Starter Kit in the show notes. And be prepared to ask for it. Be prepared to ask for your target number. Or if you're already making that much money, be prepared to ask for at least as much as the rate of inflation for that year, ideally a few percentage points higher. Look, I know it can feel awkward to ask for more money. I cringe when I think about having these conversations. Maybe you have the little voice in your head like I did saying, you know, they're going to think I'm ungrateful or they're going to blacklist me. Well, let me give you some valuable advice that a friend gave me. She said, do you want to avoid feeling awkward for a day? Or do you want an increase in pay that will positively affect your life for years to come? I don't know about you, but I'll take the latter every time. So be bold. Have the courage to advocate for yourself. If you don't, it is possible that no one else will. So show yourself that love and make the ask. Trust me, employers and bosses, they are used to this kind of thing. It is not weird for them at all. So just do it. You have got this. As always, thank you so much for joining me here on the Goodbye July podcast. And until next time, work less, live more, and keep on chasing your wildest dreams. Congratulations on finishing another episode of the Goodbye July podcast. If you want more, head over to jessicatoller.com slash podcast for show notes and any resources mentioned in today's episode. Don't forget to rate the show, hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you would, share it with a friend. I believe in a world where we're all financially free, so let's help each other get there. Thanks again for tuning in, and I'll see you on the next episode of the Goodbye July podcast.